DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Time to welcome in Omari Sankofa, Detroit Pistons beat writer for the Detroit Free Press. Omari, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. I think the question is, how are the Pistons, uh, the Jazz and Pistons, scheduled to play tonight? 8 o'clock, listen to the game here on The Zone. Of course, the game didn't go off last night with Detroit and Denver. Woj had a tweet that he seems pretty confident that this game is going to be played tonight. I was wondering uh, what you had heard. Yeah, it looks like it was a false positive, which uh, obviously is, is great news. Uh, the Pistons have been uh, pretty untouched by the uh, by the, the virus really up until yesterday. I think they had only had one game uh, previously postponed because of the Wizards. So, uh, you know, it's always good to see that, uh, you know, a positive test was actually not, not positive. And uh, looks like everybody with the organization is just safe and uh, things will be good to go tonight. So... Uh, definitely best-case scenario for a situation that looked pretty tough last night. Well, that's good to hear. We want to see basketball and see the games being played, obviously. As I look at the Pistons, obviously an up and down, more down than up. My thought is just a few years ago, Blake Griffin was a big-time superstar. Has his body just broken down? You know, it's it's tough. Um, I think one thing with Blake is that he missed a year of basketball. He had the uh, surgery on his left knee um, last January. And every now and then he was so glimpses of sort of, you know, the player he was, you know, being able to hit those threes, uh, post people up. Um, obviously, sort of having that, that point guard vision. Uh, he hasn't been that high flyer type Blake Griffin for a few years, but he had still been able to adjust and uh, still find a way to play at a, a high level. And he hasn't been that type of player yet this season. So, um, I think the jury is still out uh, sometimes when players miss a lot of time. It takes them a while to get back. Uh, you know, we see Victor Oladipo last season after he got back from the uh, the, the thigh injury. Um, you know, it took him a while to get back to where he was playing at a high level. So, um, yeah, it's definitely tough. Uh, you know, I think I think Blake will figure it out. But uh, so far this season, he hasn't been what he was. That's uh, why he was healthy. And uh, it's definitely a reason why this Pistons team uh, currently has five wins right now. Uh, you know, I think if, I think if Blake were back to who he were, uh, this, this team would be a lot better uh, just because between him and Jeremy Grant, uh, you would have two of the better scores in the Eastern Conference. So uh, it's definitely been tough for, for Blake so far, but uh, he still has time to sort of get his legs back under him. I've been a little surprised slash confused. There's been so much hype about Jeremy Grant and, and how he's performing because – it's, well, first off, he passed the eye test when we saw him play in the West with the with the Thunder and the Nuggets versus the Jazz. But he always looked like he was in a role where, you know, you're the third or fourth option. You don't get as many shots as when you're option one or two. And now he's getting, he's getting more field goal attempts. You get more shots, but shooting the three a little better. But he's shooting the three pretty well before, so I, I'm not... I know 23 points a game, that's, you know, once you get over 20, it's kind of a big deal. But isn't this what he was supposed to do, or why are people so surprised? It is. I think part of it is that Jeremy Grant, you know, maybe for the average fan, was not somebody that they knew about as much. Uh, outside of that um, performance in, in the bubble last season, uh, you know, I think he had mostly been in that sort of role player tier. So uh, I think especially a lot of Pistons fans, when they first signed up to that contract in November, uh, they were so surprised that he was the – number one target the Pistons were going after. 
But when you look at his numbers from last season and even the season before when he was in Oklahoma, uh, he's doing a lot of the same things he was doing then. He's just doing it more because he's the featured player on offense and not uh, third or fourth in the pecking order behind a few other stars. Uh, he has always gotten to the rim a lot. Uh, he's doing that now. Uh, he's been a, a good three-point shooter for a while. He's still doing that now. Uh, I think some of the bigger uh, improvements he's made on offense really is that he's passing the ball a lot better. Uh, he's averaging about three assists, and in the last two weeks, I think he's averaging closer to five, uh, You know, which is a huge increase over um, how he moved the ball previously. And I think most impressively, he's doing all of this while still uh, playing really high-level defense, uh, which I think is the reason why he came to Denver to begin with, because you could uh, play him against the Brown. Uh, you know, you could put him on Paul George. You could put him on all these different players who um, are among the league's best players. So uh, I would say he's definitely uh, exceeded expectations this year, uh, just because you never know how a player will grow into a role. But at the same time, he is doing a lot of the same things he was doing already. He's just doing it more because he's now the feature player on offense. DeLon Wright, the former Ute, had been coming off the bench a little bit. Is he a full-time starter now? What's his role? He's a full-time starter now. Uh, he began the season coming off of the bench. And uh, Killian Hayes, he went down with a hip injury. And um, that opened the door for DeLon to uh, be inserted back into the starting lineup. And they've had some shuffling at the, the guard positions. Actually, now that I think about it, I think DeLon started the first two games at shooting guard and then came off the bench behind Josh Jackson and then was shifted into point guard once Killian went down. But that's that's I think that's the appeal of a guy like DeLon, right, is that uh, he's very versatile. Uh, you know, he, he brings you a lot at, at both guard positions and you can kind of slide him in wherever he's supposed to be at. And uh, he has been really good at that point guard position. Uh, you know, he's really good at getting to the rim and, and he has that, that drive and kick aspect to him. Uh, he's a pretty good defender. Uh, he's also somebody that head goes to the way Casey has known for a long time, uh, dating back to their time in Toronto. So, yeah, he's really come in and sees a pretty big role early for this team. So what has to happen for the Pistons to uh, take a leap forward and get to mediocrity? Because 5-15 and 15 is, uh, is painful to go through. We haven't had to do it very much with the Jazz, but when you do, it's painful. Uh, it's definitely tough, and, and Pistons fans let me know in my mentions that even though they know that this would be a rebuilding season, um, I don't think anybody wants to. I don't think anybody wants to have that that type of record. Um, I think a big one is just getting Blake back to uh, the level he was at. Um, you know, even though he's not really shooting the ball that well, he still has a big share of the offense because the Pistons want him to get back to that level. Um, and it's just you know it, it can be tough when you have a guy who um, you know second or third on the team and, and, and total shot attempts and they're just not making their uh, shots. So I think that's probably the uh, most clear path they have back to being a more of an average team is uh, just having Blake get back to who he was previously. Um, beyond that, I, I think the team is just young. Uh, they have five rookies, uh, four of whom were taken in this past draft, and I thought uh, had pretty significant roles. Uh, they have several other players who are younger than 24, and they've all been in the rotation. I think when you have a team that young, uh, it's just, you know, you have to learn how to win. And they have some, some good veterans, but outside of Jeremy Grant, they don't really have anyone else who is a go-to guy. Uh, so you just have different role players who, you know, all have their strengths and weaknesses. And and this roster, you know, with Blake, you know, playing how he currently is, just really is not built to make that much noise in the Eastern Conference right now. So 
uh, you know, if Blake finds his touch again, and that would go a long way. But uh, I think when it comes down to it, we're just seeing a young team, uh, you know, with at least one player who's playing at an all-star level. But, you know, these guys kind of have to grow into who they'll become. How's the cap space as far as that goes? Do they have some money to go out and get some players in the next uh, couple years? They will have a lot more cap space uh, after next summer. Uh, so for Blake, he has a player option this summer worth $39 million, and then uh, he's off the books. And uh, you also have Derek Rose, who'll come off the books this summer. Uh, not on this contract is far left. He's only on the books for like $7.7 million. Uh, you know, I'm, like really, it looks like this roster is sort of on a, a two to three year plan from a, a cap standpoint to uh, maybe go out and be a, a player in, in free agency. Um, I don't think that's something that the front office is looking at right now, uh, just because you look at Detroit's history and free agency, and uh, you know, Detroit has never been a, a, a destination. Uh, there's really only a handful of teams that you know can a- attract those types of players. So I think they want to build through the draft for a few years. Uh, you know, just use whatever money they have to find veterans who can uh, sort of set that that positive tone in the locker room. And, um, you know, maybe in 2023 or 24, uh, you know, we'll see them not only better, but, you know, be able to attract more talent. How is uh, Rodney bleeping Magruder handling his, uh, his 48 hours in the spotlight? Has he, has he weathered the storm? <laughs> I think he has. Uh, I think I think the, the situation was tough. Uh because for, for one, uh, he really does bring a lot to, to the Pistons, and they really do um, value what he's brought just as a, a person. Uh, he's somebody who um, kind of worked his way through the ranks in the G League, and um, he could have been a roster cut at the end of the season, and the Pistons kept him because uh, they valued what, what he, he brought, uh, you know, just him mentoring the, the young guys and everything. And, um, yeah, you know, and I, I think that was a tough one on Sunday. You uh, approached the opposing team's bench, which uh, alone, you know, was probably never a good idea. And, um, of course, we all know, you know, Draymond and, and Clay, you know, they're, they're not afraid to, to talk and defend their own. And, uh, you know, you have two, you know, probably future Hall of Famers kind of ganging up on you. So, no, I mean, it was, it was definitely a tough situation. Uh, Wayne Ellington spoke up once on the visitor's behalf uh, the other day. And, um, you know, I'm sure they want to move past it now. But, um, no, definitely not a good situation. And definitely, I'm sure, not the way Rodney Bergeron wanted to be introduced to a national audience. <laughs> uh, Dwayne Casey, stay safe or in trouble as far as the coach? I think he's safe. Um, you know, despite the record, you know, I think this is probably close to what the front office uh, expected in Troy Weaver's first year. Um, they didn't set many playoff goals. They set a goal to compete night in and, and night out. And um, when you actually look at the Pistons' bet rating, uh, you know, their, their margin for victory, uh, whatever else it may be, uh, they are a little bit better than their record. They've had a lot of close losses this season. Um, they lost to Houston Rockets by one point the other week. Um, and they were down 20 and actually closed the gap. Uh, they've had some 15-point leads they just couldn't hang on to. Um, on the week one, they had a double overtime game against the Cleveland Cavaliers who have been really solid this season. And uh, they were actually up eight with like two minutes to play and they just couldn't hang on to the lead. So uh, they've actually been competing in almost every single game this season. Uh, their biggest problem has just been finishing games out, which I think is an issue when you do have so many young guys on the roster, uh, you know, many of whom are, are rookies and I've never been in this situation before. So um, if you, I think just looking at it from an organizational overall plan, uh, they, they followed the plan that they set out. You know, they, they didn't want to be 
five and fifteen. But at the same time, I think they expected that this season would be more of a, a rebuilding season, just given how, how young they are. So I think the Wayne like, you know, this is sort of what they said during the offseason, that they want to compete every night. You know, they want to create a good environment for the young guys. Um, the record isn't isn't great, but at the same time, I think Dwayne has followed the plan that uh, he and, and the front office set over the summer, and uh, the team still has room to grow this season. So, no, I don't I don't think Dwayne's shot is in trouble right now. Amari Sankofa joining us, Detroit Pistons beat writer for the Detroit Free Press, Jazz and Pistons tonight. Uh, question we've been asking here today is. Uh, uh, are the Jazz a legitimate championship contender or a good team? The Lakers look like the favorite again, but how many contenders are there across the league, and are the Jazz in that group? I think the Jazz uh, should be considered to be in that group. Um, I think when you've been playing at the level they've been playing at, and this is a team that, I mean, every single year they've, they've been good, you know, with the credit they currently have now with Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. And Mike Conley's having one of the best seasons of his career. And I think that's uh, possibly the X factor right there. Um, you know, Mike, he's, I think, longly one of the most underrated players in the NBA. And, you know, and, and he really is powering the team in a, a lot of ways right now. Uh, you know, I think if you just look at Utah's record and you look at who their best players are, you know, this may be a season where Mike Conley really has a chance to make his first all-star team. So, yeah, this, this team is legit. They're defending at a high level. They have a lot of offensive weapons. Uh, you know, if you're looking at teams that can hang with them in the seven-game series, I think they're definitely in the, in the, in the top tier of the uh, NBA right now. So still a lot of season left, but I think they belong in that conversation. Omari, we appreciate the time. Thanks for hopping on the air with us. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Omari Sankofa, Detroit Pistons beat writer for the Detroit Free Press, and uh, false positive canceled the Detroit-Denver game, but... Detroit's healthy, and testing went well on the follow-up, so the Jazz and the Pistons scheduled to play tonight, and that's an 8 o'clock game. So the pregame show will start at 7 o'clock here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. There you have it, PK. A guy in Detroit. A beat writer. The Jazz. Legitimate contender. Not merely a good team. They've made the jump. All right, that's one. Let's total them up at the end of the show. <laughs> We got a lot of people weighing in on Facebook, DJ and PK, and on Twitter at David DJ James. False positive they had. I like to think of myself as the opposite. When I think of myself, when I think of what is PK, I think two words come to mind. True negative. Or truly negative? Truly Truly negative. Is reg- that what you're saying? I regret bringing that up. <laughs> you triggered that, Yak. You got to wear it. You won 11 in a row, then you went out and lost one. It happens. Jimmy, Jimmy just tweeted at us, Jazz, really good team. They lack long athletic wings. Long athletic wings. That's the answer, huh? That's the answer. If they had long athletic wings, he would have said they lack fill-in-the-blank. What else? They lack an uh, offensive-oriented center, which obviously they don't have. Neither of their guys are offensively oriented at the center position. So I wonder, athleticism matters, but I wonder if it matters 
And I do believe we lost PK. <laughs> At first, I thought that was a dramatic pause before a big statement. I wonder if it matters as much as people think it does. I wonder if it matters in the biggest possessions of the biggest games. You know, I thought he was winding up. I'm like, what's the second half of that? And right now, he's ranting in his basement. <laughs> And we're not getting it. I wonder if it matters. I think it matters with the shot clock running down. I think they've got it defensively. I think they've had a lot of success. When people say, oh, Royce O'Neal couldn't guard that guy, you know who they're talking about? They're talking about matching him up with someone who's just too big, the Joker. He's just a massive size disadvantage for however many possessions he spent on Jokic. You're watching him stand next to Jokic, you're like, Jokic is a massive human being. He is just humongous. And then also some of the little guards, just too quick. You know? and, but most nights, you don't hear anything about his defense because he's playing it well, and he usually gets a tough matchup. You know, he doesn't always get the best player, but he gets one of the best. You know, some teams have more than one really good player. But you see him spending a lot of time defending good players, but most of them are those athletic wings. And in positionless basketball, there are still some guys who are truly fives and some guys who are truly ones, and it's mostly a size thing. But the guys playing the two, the three, and the four, so interchangeable. It doesn't uh, – a lot of times when the Jazz are on the floor, as long as they have three of those kind of guys, I'm not really worried about who the two, the three, and the four are. All right, PK, you left us hanging there. I wonder if it matters – and I had a bunch of suggestions for where you were going next. There was that dramatic pause, and then you were gone. I wonder, I mean, athletic wings matter, but I wonder, take it. Yeah, I never lost you. I heard you the whole time. I oh. heard your, all your suggestions, <laughs> and I heard, I heard, Yach, are you there? And I'm screaming, yeah, yeah, I'm <laughs> here, I'm here. I've, I literally have never lost you this whole time, so I don't know what happened there. All right. But I wonder if the game now has changed to the point where athleticism is important, but it's not the ultimate quality because it's skill level. You look at Jokic. I mean, he doesn't define athleticism, but skill, he's got it in spades. And so Joe, the slow-mo Joe, I think it's overrated or I think it's overblown. Joe's lack of athletic ability, I would disagree, but he's not a high flyer. Uh, but, you know, the Jazz went to the NBA Finals, and I don't think Malone, Stockton, or Hornacek, their three best players, were high, high flyers. So I think that's somewhat overrated. Skill level, particularly on the shooting, seems to be what matters now. And so, Ken, way the game has been transformed, and it's so radically different than 15, 20 years ago, that does that matter as much? Because if you're wildly athletic but can't hit a shot, do you have a place in this league? Or maybe you have a place, but it's not a prominent place. I think you're on to something there. I think a lot of what you say is true. I think that crazy high-flying athleticism mattered when more of the game was in the paint and when everybody's playing defense and everybody's geared up in the playoffs. If you have size and length you could, and, and athleticism, you could rise above people and get a shot off. Now... The fact is, it is hard to rise above someone and hit a three. If you have to jump, I've heard more than one coach say, if you have to jump over somebody to get open to shoot a three, you're not open. 
And people can't do that. And the guys who shoot over people from three, A, have high skill levels, and basically are seven-footers like, you know, the Durant-Navitsky-type build, where you're just shooting over people because you're taller and longer than them. And you're not jumping over them. You know, most threes aren't truly jump shots. They're more set shots. I mean, you jump a little bit, but you're not jumping three feet off the ground. Well, and they're open jump shots. Right, exactly. I mean, with your legs, yes, you're leaving the ground, but you're not leaving it by that much, and you're certainly not jumping over people to get the shot off. So I think that's where the skill a little more. And there's still a place for athleticism, the ability oh, to yeah, get sure. up and down the floor without yeah. question. But the whole slow-mo thing, on offense, you generally want to be going about two-thirds speed and reading what the other person is doing. And then, where it does matter, having a little bit of burst to get separation and get the shot off. But the whole slow-mo thing, uh, lots of guys do that. You watch a lot of offensive guys. I mean, LeBron on offense, LeBron doesn't play that fast on purpose. Obviously, he's athletic, and he could if he wanted. But unless you've got somewhere specific to go in a, in a hurry because, you know, there's an opening, you get to the rim for a layup, then you show your athleticism. But watch how LeBron moves with the ball. He's at two-thirds speeds. He's gauging what's going on. Well, when the situation dictates it and you put and then you need to burst, have it. right then you do and he has it obviously I think the important thing is you have to have in today's game you have to have shooters right and the jazz address that and they've made they made a transformation the fact that they were winning 50 games with uh two or three shooters not uh non shooters yeah. who had gobert favors and Rubio Quinn Snyder should have been the freaking coach of the year award should have been named after him uh, when they were doing that. I mean, that was remarkable when you think about it. Maybe we didn't see it because it's like watching your kid grow. You don't notice it, but he's growing. Uh, but to do what he did there and to win that many games was incredible. Well, they've addressed that and they've moved away from that. But I still think you need guys who what I what I think is the most important as far as athleticism is the ability to create your own shot. You need guys who can do that because if you do that, obviously, by definition, you're creating your own shot, but you're also forcing collapsing of defenses mm-hmm. that in turn creates shots for other guys. And Donovan Mitchell spoke to this in one of his self-critiques as far as we know he can get to the basket and has great balance and Euro step and athletic ability. We've seen that a million times. But what he spoke to it, I think it was that uh, last year at some point, maybe it was the year before, he was talking about how he needs to increase his ability to create for others. Well, because he has the ability to create for himself, that means he also, by definition, has the ability to create for others. And he needed, by his own acknowledgement, he needed to get better at that. So I think you need to have those elements of your team. If you just have a bunch of standstill shooters, well, then you're all running around and become easier to defend. Whereas if you have guys who can break down the defense, they create the mismatches and the weak side, strong side, guys open here, guys open there type of thing. And Mitchell and Clarkson provide that to the Jazz. And Conley has the ability, too, to get in the paint. We've seen him do that offhand floater a million times also. So they have it. They just don't necessarily have it in spades. You you pretend like you can't break it down, but that was beautiful. You just broke it down. <laughs> you broke it down. You got your pretend thing going on. I'm reading a book right here. I, I'm, I'm reading Basketball right, right from the for pages. Dummies? Yes. 
because and that, it's got my pitcher on it. Because that athleticism, if you've got a couple guys, you can wreck that switching defense that has haunted them at times. Yeah. Multiple times. Yeah. And it's like, okay, you're standstill guys. We're going to switch everything. You, you can't get open. you got to be able to beat somebody. And even then, like, like Harden is athletic. I don't want to say he isn't athletic, but that's not why he drove the Rocket offense. He was like some kind of uh, – it was like some kind of Zen karate kid thing. Like any movement a defender made that was wrong, Harden read it. I mean, it was like the Matrix. I mean, he just he read. It. If you did any, if you reached, then he drew the foul. If you if your feet were wrong, he took advantage and blew by you. If you played off him just a little bit, then he stuck the three in your face. And it was just like instant computer analysis of any weakness, and then he make you pay for it. And it was just, it was amazing. And not that he wasn't athletic and he didn't have some size, but that wasn't why he was doing what he was doing. No, I think the rigorous academics of Arizona State, even the two <laughs> years that Pardon only spent there, increases your intellect to the point where, man, what you have to make sure is that you don't overthink because your mind has been trained to push beyond the elements and boundaries that most humans cannot do. DJ PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. we got a lot more of you weighing in on the Jazz, the championship contender possibilities. We will get to that coming up. Stay with us. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on The Zone Sports Network. Have we ever talked to John on the air? No, no, and I've got questions. Is he there? I'm here. Hey, John, how are hey, you? Hey, John. I'm good. How are you guys? Uh, John, yeah. while we have you. No, no. <laughs> we've had a, uh-huh. a, a long back and forth about a pitchfork incident. I want to know the details of my buddy here and your brother running a pitchfork through you. <laughs> we were out working and, you know, cleaning our hands or whatever you want to call it. And uh, he thought that he was like King Triton and he uh, threw that pitchfork and uh, oh! exactly <laughs> threw enough. He sat on the mark and put it right underneath the kneecap. Did you throw a trident? Yeah, and I killed a guy with a trident. Hanson Scotting, weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ PK, I want to remind you that Valentine's Day is not far away and flowers make the perfect gift. Jimmy's Flowers, a longtime partner with The Zone, can make it easy by visiting them at jimmysflowers.com. Remember, Valentine's is on Sunday this year. Jimmy's Flowers, jimmysflowers.com. Question of the morning, the Jazz, a legitimate championship contender contender, or merely a good team? NBA Hoops Online at NBA Boards. Jazz are in a small market, so they're not contenders. The league does not let small markets compete for titles. I know. Spurs, they were unable to do it for so many years. The exception, the outlier, people will say. Other than that, it's a long string of San Francisco and L.A. and Toronto and Miami. Cleveland's kind of medium-sized. Got to put the, put, put <laughs> the Knicks in there. The Knicks haven't done anything. <laughs> yes, they – no. I oh, they've done something. When, they've lost. <laughs> I went to the parade. My father held me up on his shoulders, and I looked at Walt Frazier, and he looked back at me. <laughs> they won in, what, 73, was it? Jimbo says, merely a good team. Out in the first or second round. Could be. Ah, we've seen championship contenders go out in the second round before. I mean, Spurs and Lakers, in an era when they won pretty much every title for a decade, 
Shaq and Kobe dom or Shaq and Kobe. Well, it's the Shaq and Kobe team, but Shaq and Duncan traded the championship back and forth. I think they won eight out of nine in one stretch, and they met in the second round. So you can be a contender and go okay, out in the well, second round. You can also be a, not a contender and Absolutely. go out in the second round. Uh, the the that uh, Gordon Hayward, um, Joe Johnson. Uh, who else was on that team? Well, Ingles was on that team, I guess. Rudy Gobert, Derek Favors. Gobert? Yeah. They, uh, they lost in the second round to the Warriors, and they were not a contender. Uh, the, the Warriors were Mitchell lapping the field. Mitchell was up in heaven waiting to come down and join the Jazz? I believe he was at Louisville, and he was a sophomore. Have you been to Louisville? That's, uh, I have been to Louisville. They, they did that movie. Is this <laughs> heaven? No. This it's is Louisville. Louisville. <laughs> I believe the line is Iowa, not Louisville. but Oh, dang it. <laughs> Did you ever see the I baseball got my network Northeastern thing? Northeastern states wrong. Yeah. Have you ever seen the baseball network thing that they rerun periodically? Where uh, I think it was either a twenty or twenty-five year anniversary of it, and uh, Costner went back and Bob Costas interviewed him on the field about the making of the movie. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. Check that out if you like that. Iowa. It's my all-time, my all-time favorite non-Italian movie. <laughs> Rule out the Godfather. Uh, Dustin just tweeted out, his Suns fans think their team is a title contender, so that makes us a shoe-in for the title. Sarcasm, Dustin. I don't think they think now. Now, I'll go to the gym, and I'm interested in listening to them today because they've now won three in a row. There was a time, and I spoke about this, as you recall, I was reporting, basically, that the talk radio guys down there were talking about the Jazz being below the Suns. Remember, I said that, and I'm thinking, wait a second here. Yeah, I don't see that. It's it's impossible to make that big of a Remember when I said that Mm -hmm. uh, on the air uh, earlier in the year? I mean, they were just pumping it up. And then they went through that stretch where they lost three or four in a row, and they actually went to eight and eight. And I think they've won three in a row now, two over Dallas. Everybody's beating Dallas, it seems, these days. And so now they're three games above five hundred. My guess is that they recognize that, you know, they're way better than they have been in a decade. But you got to acknowledge that the Jazz are better. I mean, come on. Uh, record speaks for what it is. Although I guess maybe they're only three back. If you're three back with over 50-plus to play, you have time, but it just seems like it's uh, too inconsistent where the Jazz have been consistent. Now, the Jazz have had, a, what, three stinkers, would you say, uh, so far? Bad, bad this games year? this year? I would say four. I mean, really stinkers, though. Was Denver a stinker? Yes. Okay, then four Knicks, Nets, Timberwolves. So I wouldn't say the Knicks was much of a, was a stinker. It's okay. a bad loss, All right. but I wouldn't say it was a stinker. And that's the one I, when I said four, I was counting them. If you don't count them, then you're at three. I thought it was. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, that's just because I be persuaded of good, to go down that. It's road. just how good I think the Jazz are and how good I think the Knicks are. With road, the the road isn't really a thing this year. So you you were back to back, but you were in the same city and there's no fans. So. And I, I think the Jazz are way better than the Knicks. So when they lost it, once they think the that, time, I, they weren't. Uh, but I thought they were. I mean, I get they were going through a but bad stretch. <laughs> I, I know, but you weren't because you're losing stinkers. <laughs> now, circular it, knowing what we know now, yes, but at the time, no. But I already thought the Jazz were capable of being one of the top three in the West. 
So the fact that they lost that, you know. But they weren't at the time. I, I that's guess the they problem. weren't, but that's why I thought it was a stinker. They, they were like five and were, four. I know, and they weren't who I thought they were supposed to be. I thought they were losing stinkers. Uh, ben tweets at us, ask me again once they reach the conference championship. No. It's too late. Ben, if you reach the Western Conference Championship, you are absolutely a contender. Okay, so... Either, if you get there, you're either playing the Lakers or you've beaten them. Ask me if there's a God after I've talked to him. (laughs) That that doesn't require faith at that point. You know what I mean? I do. I see where you're going. (laughs) Probably prefer that you hadn't gone there, but I do see where you're going. Well, you got to speak in the terms the the master teacher spoke in terms that people understood. Yes. Thank you. So that's what I do. I have a teaching credential, by the way, buddy boy. Grand Canyon. Hello. (laughs) Yeah. Former antelope. And so I learn how to teach with, with the best. So, yeah, ask you at that point, no, that's too late. We're talking about it now. That's the beauty of sports discussions is that you make an argument, I make an argument, we either agree, we disagree, and then we hash it out, we, and we really come to no firm conclusion because... We'll change our mind after we see 20 more games. Your opinion is, yeah, yeah and it is, it, is, it is in flux, too. That's what I said earlier. I said on March 3rd or 2nd, I may say no. Right now, I say yes. When you put this many shooters out on the court, game after game, you've got a shot. It's like in uh, having a great defense in baseball or football. You've got a shot. You're in the game. Whether you can win it or not, eh, remains to be seen. The Giants. Giants won three World Series without a whole heck of a lot of offense. But they won it on pitching and defense. So I think now, in basketball, the formula is if you have a bunch of three-point shooters, you're in the game. You're not going to win them all, but you're in the game. And, you know, if uh, Jokic does what he does, and who was the other dude? Some other guy was like six or seven. Who was he? Off the top of my head, I can't remember. Was it uh, Morris Harris for the for the Nuggets the other day? I think it was Harris, but I'd have to yeah. look. Yeah, so you got a couple guys besides Jokic. Jokic goes off for a career night, ties it, and you got a couple other guys who start making shots all over the place, uh, just like Austin uh, Rivers when they played the Knicks. Remember the last mm-hmm. uh, five minutes? He was yeah. unconscious. All right, way to go. But they were the Jazz were still in that ball game. Uh, they got got away from it a little bit. But when you have that many shooters, and then you can bring off a couple of shooters off the bench too which really the Jazz can bring three shooters off the bench and Clarkson, Niang, and Joe, uh, you got was, something there. It was it was Will Barton who went five of Barton. six from three. Okay. Harris right. barely played. It was Will Barton who went five of six. Yeah, I mean, so how many times is... I, I think Cody Barton would have a better shot. About a bing, hey Of being more consistent. Jackson Barton, no. He's I knew it. A, I knew you were going to He's more of a pick setter. I knew, <laughs> I knew you were going to take a shot at Jackson. It's only a matter of time. But let's I, be clear. Danny Drews, a.k.a. Danny Barton, is the best of the bunch. <laughs> no, the mom is. The Fair. mixture is the Fair. She, she, she uh, finished up. By the time I got here, she had just finished up. And I covered a lot of women's sports in those days. And women's basketball and women's volleyball, for that matter. So I got to know Beth a little bit. And Elaine Elliott, who was a great coach. 
uh, for the women's team. I, I'd heard about this gal uh, because she had just finished up, and so I never saw her play, but I heard a lot about her, sort of like Pace. Never saw Pace play, but I heard a lot about him. And the Barton's mom, uh, I guess, was a heck of a lot. Now, I got to know her a little bit because she lives in the area. And uh, I know the family, a skosh. I've spoken to the dad a few times. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they, they got it going on big time. And then they got this other kid who my wife taught who's just a youngster. I think he's a junior. And he's going to be all that in the back. Lander Barton? Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. And my, I, I've told the story. Anytime my wife introduced a new unit in PE, she always had him demonstrate. Yeah. <laughs> Come on over here, Jim Thorpe. He's 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 going to be a four, if not five star prospect. Yeah. Yeah. So he's going yeah. to Oregon? No, he better go to Utah. <laughs> if, if, if he does not go to Utah, that'd be a huge loss because it really well, all is. All of us would be floored. It's a Ute family yeah, through yeah. and through. Yeah, it really yeah. is. Yeah, so she told me, I think the kid was like in the sixth grade, and she said, oh, man, this kid, you got to see this kid, and you got to you know, hold on, You're, he's going to be something. So she told me years ago, I think four or five years ago, that he was going to be all that, and and a neighbor kid playing, my, my little daughter plays in a pep band, so I've gotten to go watch him play a little basketball too. So, but... Uh, yeah, so they lost uh, on that one. Tip your hat to the Nuggets. If they're going to play like that, they're going to win 70 games and win the friggin' title, but they're probably <laughs> not going to. So the Jazz, though, they can put shooters out there. And the great thing about it is you don't really have to have phenomenal nights from these guys. You know, look at the Rockets. They had to have a phenomenal game from Jokic and uh, Barton, and good on them. They had it. But the Jazz, won. Had they won a bunch of games where – Guys really haven't gone that much beyond themselves. Now, Clarkson goes for 31 against the Mavs. But you know how much of that was because Mitchell was out? Oh, I got to pick it up a little bit. And if Mitchell had been there, maybe he goes for 22, and they win by the same margin. And we think, yeah, Clarkson's a really good player. But, man, he, he, he just had a, you know, he had a usual game. He wasn't out of his mind. He goes for 31, and, and okay, Wow, that was really good. I get that. But how much of that was because Mitchell was out? DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Coming up next, PK, do you have self-doubt? Has this well, planted DJ, a you, seed? you got to answer for this, man. <laughs> okay, I'll do that. I will answer for this. What is this? Stick around next and find out. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. The Big Show show. with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. We found out what happens when Rudy Gobert actually has a bad game, and it doesn't happen often. The way that Denver plays its offense through Nikola Jokic, I mean, it's essentially a point center. There's no other team in the league that plays that way. Like the old Mountain West football days, Nikola Jokic is Rudy's Air Force, where (laughs) Rudy has to totally play a different way on defense against Nikola Jokic and no one else. This is easier said than done, I get that, but you got to crowd Jokic. And you can't go for all his ball fakes. He's going to make you pay for that. And both Rudy Gobert and Derek Favors fell victim to that. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O Tires. The team you trust. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. All right, PK. Yeah. The floor is yours. You've read something that's disturbed you. Actually, Yach did. I didn't. Oh, okay. Yach, what disturbed you? Well, uh, Jason Barrett, uh, he does. He actually owns a website called Barrett Sports Media, and it's kind of a 
a ca- it's got a collection of a bunch of different articles relating around sports media, what we do in our jobs day to day. But each year he puts out his what he calls his BSM, Barrett Sports Media Top 20 Award Rankings. And this is not voted on by Jason. He's very clear about this. He sends this out to a number of voters around the country, and they evaluate other shows around the country to create Uh rankings. Okay. So your peers are who... Takes all of the credit, but none of the blame. Sure, absolutely. Excellent. Good plan by him. It's like a certain thing on on this radio station that happens during the summer for college football. We'll move on from that. (laughs) Anyways, so last year, uh, DJ and PK in the morning, I've been trying to find it in vain uh, for the rankings last year. I recall you guys were either 15 or 16 in the rankings last year out of the top 20 mid-market sports radio morning shows. Well, the rankings for 2020 are in. They were just released this morning, and we have tumbled down the rankings to number 24 this year. Well, because I think DJ wasn't as good in 2020. There it is. There it is. I think he let this pandemic sidetrack him. Aha! He got got all focused, whereas I heightened my concentration and brought it even stronger, if you can imagine. So I can only do so much. So I think that, uh, you know, DJ being the quarterback, we just didn't get good enough quarterback play. (laughs) The receivers were open, but the throws bounced. Yeah. I mean, I'm not the quarterback. There's only so much I can do. And I just found it. We were 15 a year ago, so we've tumbled yeah, nine yeah. spots. Right. Among the mid-major. Among the mid-major so market. top 20 for the high-major and then top 20 for the small markets and top 20 for the so mid-majors. we are the mid-major. We of, are. We're yeah, the Missouri I, Valley Conference of radio. No, we're and the I've, you know, I've had on. discussions with management, and we've looked at options. We're not quite ready to make a move yet. Mm-hmm. Which management? The new management or the old management? Uh, you know, I'm going to not comment. <laughs> Good one. We'll keep those confidential. <laughs> so there's somebody out there listening to like, do they have to listen to like 10 or 20 of our shows over the course of a year? I, I'm, I'm assuming so. I, I, it just says that the other... Are we only against morning or are we against afternoon against, and evening too? So there's actually, so they do, they do midday and afternoon drives. Yeah, so we are against just other morning shows across the country. There are 47 shows. This is worse than, this is worse than ranking college football teams where you can't watch all the games. How do you listen to all these shows and know? I don't know, but you guys... Well, you got a whole year. Are in the top twenty-five this year, but we don't, dropped out of the top twenty. Don't DJ, don't poke fun at it. Just resolve to be better in twenty twenty-one, man. That's all you can do. I resolve to be hard. better in twenty twenty-two. Twenty twenty-one, I haven't decided on yet. Oof. At that point, now we fall out of the rankings, and I don't know what I can do for you. <laughs> Make it tea time. <laughs> uh, so it might, you know, it might be the end because you know you. They're not. Uh, they're not trading Air, uh, Cooper Cup. They're trading Jared Golf. If you get my drift. Cooper Cup. <laughs> Cooper Cup is hurt. <laughs> All right. So one thing I want to pass along on this is you guys are right, being Robert Woods. evaluated on a few different factors, and I think oh, yeah? you guys can weigh in on this. First, the ear test. Well, that's people oh, that's, listening to the show. Okay, <laughs> the ear test. Originality. Do we have tinnitus? <laughs> uh, ability to entertain. I think PK. I think you. Would score high in that regard. Also, multi-platform excellence, market where impact is created, on-air chemistry, and ratings success. I don't see any way we were 24th on this list. (laughs) (laughs) I knew you would disagree. This list is bogus! (laughs) 
<laughs> ratings, ratings good, downloads records. Record downloads, Yak, true or false? True. Oh, there you go. short run of tracking downloads. Maybe they were fed bad numbers. Maybe so. I don't I don't know how we can how we can even respond because we never listen to any other morning show. Yeah, I don't know how you would listen to. We literally can't. Twenty five. I guess we can download stuff. Yeah, you listen to. Yeah, and you got to know how they fit in the market. I don't know how they do this. I mean, if you're going to listen like twenty shows and then you have twenty five rankings, so there's not even enough time to. You just got to listen to a few segments and say this is what I like. It's all subjective. There you go. Of course it is. Continue to be judged. By, uh, Anything that involves judges is subjective. There you go. By it, definition. It, it, yeah, it is. It, it truly is. And those are the. that's why I don't like any of those sports. No offense to those sports. Well, I don't really care if you're offended. Uh, I don't like you. If, if judges are involved, I check out. Because look at the sports that we love and follow and obsess over even they have some form of object a subjectivity yeah. because you're having humans referee them the referee the refereeing and the umpire and drives nuts and that's before you give a referee a chance to say that was only a four-point touchdown that was an eight-point touchdown it was so good can you imagine how crazy it would be if that were allowed? And there's enough of that was a hold that wasn't a hold that was pass interference that wasn't pass interference Right, and if your team loses, it's going to drive you bananas. So, And right now, you're being driven bananas. See, I know when I go to bed at night, that day I've given everything that I have. And what more can you do? If I, I were there Yach, it is. right now I would play that Springsteen song in which I sing and I die at the end. Hey, <laughs> give it all. Give it your all. <laughs> Yach struggled with the drops on the new computer. They used to just be, it was it was basically like a reflex reaction. Now he's got to think about it in the time he gets all messed up. Oh, yeah, because I gave it my all. That, that's always been crazy to me. I like to think, you know, I'm just a journeyman dude who gets up and goes to work and I worked myself in this position to have this phenomenal job but I still think of myself as a working stiff and uh, goes to work every day now where I go it's incredible I will be the first to admit that but I still think man I lay it out on the line every day and somebody decides oh you were really good or somebody decides you weren't quite good enough I'm thinking well I did what I do, and this is what I do, and this is what I've been doing for 40 years. I'm a janitor's son, man, and who worked two jobs his whole life, and yeah. he went to work, and that's all I do. That's all I can do. Can some days I be better? Sure, but it's like the NBA players. Some days 80% is really your 100%. And yep. sometimes and, 120 <laughs> is your 100. And but you're had- given whatever you got. As long as you're given what you have, I think right. you're good to go, and good things will come your way. Maybe that's naive, and but that's what I've always believed. As much, I think. Last rights. He's so dead. I thought on our last show, that would be it. That should be the last thing that's ever heard on this show. Both can salute and walk right <laughs> That's out, the, it. out the door. Good night, everybody. 
<laughs> if you need us, we'll be on the first tee of Bonneville. <laughs> you know, but it, but in all in all seriousness, you have all this stuff, and it's the the ratings and the revenue and the ownership. There have been good shows shut down because stations were shut down, and stations have been shut down because of land deals. And people we've competed against have gone on and, okay, you quote-unquote failed here, right? They didn't give you another contract. Yeah, and at least two people off the top of my head ended up on ESPN. (laughs) They ended up on ESPN Radio, working on national shows. Another one ended up in the Bay Area. It's, It's all subjective, right down to the ratings and the listenership and... What are you going to do? You ride the wave as long as you can, and then you try to move on and catch the next wave. And there you go. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.